Greetings and welcome to episode 39 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. David Dwork here with you once again. And uh, today we're talking about the upcoming uh, 2021 Panthers development camp. A lot of Panthers youngsters that I don't know about you, but I am excited to see will be taking the ice. Uh, it'll be nice to see a development camp, which we didn't get last year because of COVID. So uh, another uh, feeling, a sense of return, return to normalcy, which is just which is just great. <laughs> um, so the development camp is going to include uh, on-ice workouts, off-ice workouts, uh, video sessions, I'm sure, as uh, kind of the whole point of all this is to give these guys a taste of, uh, of things to come, hopefully, for these youngsters. Uh, the roster for the development camp is going to have 13 forwards, 8 defensemen, 3 goaltenders, uh, and then after the camp, the camp is going to be 5 days, the 10th to the 14th, so, yeah, isn't it funny? Like, 10th to the 14th sounds like four days, but it's actually five days. So, yeah, it's a little uh, existential thought there as we continue down on the podcast. So, yeah, anyway, back from my side note. So, the tournament, the, after the development camp, there's going to be a, uh, pro, what a, yeah, a prospect showcase tournament hosted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh should be cool, right? Like, a nice opportunity. They go through this development camp for a week. And then they go up and they play against, you know, other young NHL hopefuls. Uh, and they get to kind of use what they learned, take some of the little tricks, tools, whatever that they, that they picked up during the development camp, and see what they can put to use ahead of what they hope is another prosperous season. Uh, at that tournament, four teams, you get Florida, you get Tampa Bay, Nashville, Carolina. So uh, four, you know, obviously geographically it all makes sense and all that. But, uh, you know, it's nice should be fun to see the Panthers uh, going up against some other talent. And uh, honestly, like I'm really excited to see a lot of these young kids see what they can do. Some of them didn't even get to play last year because of COVID if they were in, you know, whether it was American or uh, some Canadian junior leagues. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just really excited. And honestly, I'm just uh, excited to get back to covering live hockey again because, look, uh, that's what I love. I love hockey. I love covering hockey. I love the game. Um, and now I get to see a lot of these young guys and start, you know, tracking them as, you know, they hopefully continue on this path that will take them eventually to the NHL. Um, so the tournament, uh, Florida's going to play each team. It's going to be like a round robin deal. Play Carolina, play Nashville, play Tampa. I know at least one of the names is going to be streamed. We don't know if all of them will be yet, um, you know, kind of TBD situation, but we'll see. So to the development camp, the reason that we're here to talk, uh, I want to just kind of go through the roster and highlight a bunch of players who I'm excited about, who I think uh, you'll be excited to see, and, and just kind of talk about what we're going to look for, what maybe they can bring to the table. And we'll start. The interesting thing about this uh, development camp is that there's actually a few guys participating that not only have a chance of making the NHL this season, but are expected basically to be a part of the Panthers this season and contribute at the NHL level, the highest level, the pinnacle of what they're trying to achieve. So yeah, the first guy on that list, Anton Lindell. Okay. First round pick of the Panthers in 2020. So last year's draft, Bill Zito's first, first round pick with the Panthers. He took Anton Lindell. And I got to tell you, I, I was excited to see Lindell before this camp ever happened, before the summer, just you know, based on watching him over the last year, playing great with Team Finland at the U18s and the U20s over the last couple of years, uh, playing really well in Liga, the highest league in Finland, maybe the top three or four leagues in the world. Uh, he played well there. 
I, I, I'm really excited to see this, just hearing how excited Panthers GM Bill Zito is about Lundell, about not just what he brings to the table phys- you know, on the ice, but the kind of person he is, the personality, the, the way that it all kind of fits together into what very well could be a very solid player for the Panthers for years to come. So I am just so excited to see what Anton Lundell could do because I've never seen him in person. Uh, you hear me bang my desk there because I'm just, I'm so excited to see him in the flesh, see what he can do on the ice. And uh, he's going to be there for development camp. He'll be there for training camp a couple weeks later. And, you know, that's where we see where this path takes us. But I'm curious to see, he stood out in the league last year playing with men. That's a big test for these young guys is when they play in a league with men. And you think about like a Grigory Denisenko, who we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, uh, in terms of guys, you know, they play well with their peers, they play well at the World Juniors, but then when it comes time to play at that high level against grown-ass men, guys that are bigger than you, that have been around, that maybe don't have the, you know, the raw talent of a Lindell or a Denisenko, but have been around the block enough to know that there's ways to succeed when you maybe aren't as talented as some of those young guys. And for, you know, as far as Lindell is concerned, he was great with uh, HIFK uh, in Liga, um, leading the team in points for a while, just showing that he can play at that level and succeed at that level and, and carry a team for a little while. And, you know, Lindell had some issues last season. He was in and out of the lineup. Uh, there was a COVID issue that he had to deal with. But uh, overall, this is just a kid that I am super excited to see, like I said, in the flesh, on the ice, to see what he can do. Will he continue the success that he had in Liga and stand out in, you know, obviously the best league in the world, the NHL, the best players, the best coaches, the best everything, that's the NHL. So what are we going to be looking for out of Anton Lindell? Well, first off, he moves extremely well on the ice, whether it's with or without the puck. He's excellent. His ice vision is excellent. He knows where he needs to be. He knows where his teammates are. Uh, what I what I like about him in terms of what the Panthers try to do, he's a solid possession player. He knows how to hang on to the puck. He's not afraid to move with the puck, and he's good at shielding the puck. He's got a nose for the net. He's not afraid to shoot it from anywhere on the ice. And honestly, a great two-way guy. He takes pride in his defensive coverage. I mean, if that doesn't sound like a familiar guy in the Panthers roster, maybe, you know? So uh, really, at this point, you have to think the sky is the limit for Anton Lindell. And, and it's going to be cool to be able to see him in development camp ahead of, you know, what we're going to see in training camp and hopefully, you know, beyond. So that's one guy that very excited to see at D-Camp. Another guy who I am, if those of you who've been listening to the pod or follow my work, you know me, I get a little geeked out over the goaltenders and Spencer Knight, the Panthers, you know, goalie of the future, goalie of the present, the guy who, you know, very well could be one of the, one of the best in the NHL within a couple of years, the way he's been trending. He is going to be at development camp. I'm like, a kid in a candy store. It's a treat that Knight gets to participate in this because he's still, he's just 20 years old. He was a teenager when he came up to the team last year. And, uh, you know, it's first year pro. So he's eligible. Get him in there. And really, I mean, let's look at it. Unless his game absolutely falls off a cliff, which, I mean, Jesus, is not going to happen. He's a lock to be on the Panthers. He's going to be, what you know, 1A, 1B, whatever it's going to be with Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, look, that's, We've talked about that ad nauseum throughout the offseason since last year. It's been discussed, written about, blah, 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 blah. 
it is what it is. These are going to be your number one and number one, one A and one B goalies. And really, whoever's playing better is going to get the ice time. And and this isn't really even the right time to talk about the goalie situation because we know what the goalie situation is. We're talking about development camp right now. And Spencer Knight, as well-developed as he is, will be at D-Camp, and it'll be awesome to see. And, oh, God, I'm just so excited to see him in person. Uh, it's it's fun to watch a young goaltender as they develop not just their overall game, but their stance, their style, their the way that they carry themselves in the end. It's a total different experience, whether it's juniors, whether it's college, because it's your daily job. This is your main focus. And so Spencer Knight, you know, goaltenders in general are pretty routine oriented and Knight is no different than that. Knight is cool because he's not, he's not like chipped off, not torn from the cloth of a goaltender per se, because he's, he's super relaxed. He, he just kind of goes with the flow. Nothing seems to bother him. He doesn't obsess about the game when he's away from the rink that a lot of, I mean, you know, shit, I, I still do and I don't even play the game. So, you know, he's, he's just a different kind of guy. And look, clearly it works because look how well he's done on the ice. So um, I'm, I'm very excited, as I've said. Um, you know, saw him for the first time in person earlier this year when he came up with the Panthers, saw him in the playoffs, saw him practicing. And I'm curious to see, you know, what he's worked on during the offseason, if he's, you know, tweaked anything uh, and, and where it goes from here. So it'll be a good opportunity just to, to see him, to talk to him, to, to let him get his feet wet a little bit as they start working towards uh, the season. And something that, you know, you'll hear me probably mention more than once in this podcast when it comes to talking about the young guys is the stamina, is the ability to play at your highest level at an amazingly consistent pace, which, look, these guys are asked to do in the NHL every single day is play at your top game every single day, day in, day out, no exceptions. And it's hard. It's really hard to do from the start to finish. I mean, this is months and months and months, a long season. A hockey season takes up almost a full calendar year from start to finish if you go long enough. And these guys have to play at their peak from start to finish. Not an easy task for them. So you can imagine how difficult it is for the younger guys who have only been playing half of that in you know consistently, whether it's junior hockey, whether it's college, whatever it is. You know, it's not their main 100% full focus in their life until now. So there's often... Uh, an adjustment period with the young guys. So that that's something to just kind of keep an eye on, not just with Spencer, but with a lot of these guys. Now, I mentioned earlier, uh, Grigori Denisenko for his 2018 first-round pick. He'll also be at the development camp. Um, and a little bit of a different story than Lundell, because as you heard me mention with Anton, uh, as all the success he had internationally with Finland at World Juniors and different tournaments, Denisenko had similar success with Russia's teams, whether it was U20, U18s, World Juniors. He was great. However, Denisenko also played a couple years in the KHL with grown men, the same way that Anton Lindell did last year in the Liga with grown men, but Denisenko struggled. Denisenko was often on the third or fourth line in the KHL and never really, whether you, know, you could argue that he didn't get the chance to play on a top line or a power play, which is true, um, but you could also say, well, did he earn it? I, honestly, it's hard to say. I only saw a handful of those games when he was playing with Loco in the KHL, and uh, it's really hard to gauge. So we saw him a little bit with the Panthers last year. He showed up a little bit more uh, later on when he had a chance to, to really get his feet under him. Uh, and, and, you know, again, we'll, we'll just see what he's worked on in the offseason. If he's going to be a big improvement, I mean, it's obvious the skill is there. And you got to love that gritty nature, that, that tough tenacity that Denisenko brings to the table. Uh, you know, it, it, it's good 
for the NHL, and it's good for the physical close quarters type of game that he likes to play. He just needs to stand out more. And and honestly, like watching him play, he's often gets lost on the ice. Like is the easiest way that I can put it when watching him, whether it's been in scrimmages or in the couple of games he played, he, he kind of gets lost out there. And for a guy that has the skill set that Denisenko has, he needs to find a way to be dynamic, whether it's with or without the puck, whether it's affecting the play, you know, positively for the Panthers as they move towards the opposing zone or negatively for the other team, tying up passing zones in the neutral zone, getting under a guy's skin the way he has a tendency of doing with Team Russia. So uh, with Denisenko, he's going to get every chance to succeed this season. He'll hopefully make, and I, I mean, look, the Panthers NHL roster is going to be a tough cookie to crack. They are deep, maybe the deepest they've ever been in their nearly 30 years of existence. Denisenko is still going to be given chances to succeed, whether he makes an opening night roster, whether he gets, you know, he's a top line guy, with the AHL Charlotte this year, if he's not on the NHL roster, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment. So we'll see what he brings to the table. But again, the development camp is just kind of a warm-up for, for these guys that we're talking about right now. Because the big show for them is going to be the NHL training camp. Whether it's Lundell, I mean, Knight should be fine. Denisenko, or the guy I'm going to start talking about now, defenseman Matt Kierstead limited in his NHL action last year, but this is a guy in Kirstead who made the jump straight from college to the NHL. One week he's playing in the NCAA tournament for North Dakota, and then the next week he's signing his first NHL NHL contract, and suddenly he's getting uh, NHL game time with the Florida Panthers. So pretty drastic for him last year, but he showed that he can hang with the big boys. Um, Now, he had just come off playing a full NHL NCAA season and in the NCAA tournament. So to say that maybe he was a little tired at that point of the year, maybe didn't have the, and again, this is just me kind of talking. I don't know for a fact that this is the case, Um, but it's just falls in line with what you see with a lot of the guys this age that when they play that long, that long of a season, and then you're asked to play at the highest level you've ever played at, you've never experienced it before. Kirstead certainly held his own. Um, and he, he only played, I believe, the seven games last year, so he didn't you know, blow a year of his eligibility. Um, but he's going to be someone that's looked at that can play a major role with the Panthers this season, whether it's as you know, a bottom six pairing defenseman to start with. Uh, he's a guy that can hang. Yeah, he was first team uh, all-national collegiate hockey conference last season with uh, North Dakota. Uh, he was the runner-up for NCAA Defenseman of the Year. And, and again, you know, Six foot 180, decent size, uses it well. Uh, what did he have in college? Let's see, he's 77 points in 127 NCAA games. It's extremely solid. And what I like about Kirsten, he's good at both ends of the ice. He's good in his own end. He's a solid defensive player, but he moves well within in his own zone, handles the puck well at his blue line, can play on a power play, confident with the puck. Uh, so excited and curious to see the next steps for Kirsten. Because outside of what he did with UND didn't really see him a whole heck of a lot with the Panthers last year he played a few games gotten some practices but you know really get a good idea of what the Panthers have in him this year but just don't be surprised if Matt Kirstead uh plays a bit more than I think people are giving him credit for at this point of the year uh as we are uh, now entering the second week of September and, and as I said development camp starts right around the corner uh the next tier of guys um now they're going into you know as I said you go into these camps hoping to see something out of everyone on the ice, uh, see some growth. But uh, there's a few youngsters uh, who, ahead of time, I know I'm going to want to keep a close eye on, and this is that group. So uh, we'll start off by talking about Logan Hutzko. He's entering his first pro season. 
some excellent, excellent years with Boston College. Not the biggest guy, Logan Hutzko, five foot eleven, one seventy four, and at twenty two years old, you know, you could grow some more, but you know, probably getting a good look at what he's going to be like. All four years, while healthy at Boston College, he was the team's top performer. The problem is he's some injury history. He's had a couple of serious, very serious injuries. One right before college. One he had a he suffered an ankle injury during college. And he still managed to finish his NCAA career with 40 goals and 101 points in 114 games. Now, Hutzko is known as an extremely hard worker. He has that work ethic that Bill Zito looks for in his players. Uh, one thing about Hutzko, his hockey IQ, enormous. This guy knows the game. He's got great vision. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see if he can maybe build up some of his strength and hang a little bit better with the NHL guys. Um, obviously, you know, you hope that the injury history is a thing of the past. The poor guy, poor kid, he's been through enough to this point of his 22 years that you know perhaps he's you know bought himself a bit of healthy time for, for the, the foreseeable future because of it. So yeah, Hutzko is one that I want to definitely, definitely keep an eye on. Uh, the next guy on my list, Sarah Noel. Uh, 2018 second round pick by the Panthers, 34th overall, entering his second pro season. And again, when you hear a lot of these guys that are entering their second pro seasons, which a few of them have, uh, a little bit of playing time under their belt. Last year was so unorthodox, whether it was in the AHL or whether it's the guys that are coming up from juniors, uh, if they even played juniors last year because of everything, how wacky it was with COVID. So that's why I'm so, so curious um, to see the growth of these guys. So Noel played with Syracuse in the AHL last year, only eight games. He had four points, but this is like a big kid, okay? Six foot five, 216 for Noel. Now, for a guy that size, he's talked about, you talk about his quickness, you talk about his hands, his skating could use some work. Uh, I think, you know, something we'll hopefully see in the coming days and weeks. Not, I wouldn't call him like, did you hear six foot five, 216, right? And you think power forward, obviously. Um, but he's not like your throwback power forward type. Uh, where they just kind of you know rumble up and down the ice hitting guys and you know cashing in your your occasional dirty work goal like this is a skilled skilled forward now he can play a big game but I don't think that's his game uh, you think about some of the, some of the bigger players in the league that can move well I mean like you think of like whether it's a uh, you know what I don't even want to throw out names I don't want to go down that road so let's just say he's a really big kid with little guy skills make sense I hope so. So anyway, uh, Sarah Noel, I, I was hoping to see more of him in the AHL last year, so I'm excited to see kind of where his development has brought him to this year. Um, okay, so the next guy, uh, didn't he, this is Trevor Wong that I'm going to talk about right now, okay? Uh, Canadian Juniors was kind of projected in this, you know, this weird NHL draft we had this year. He was kind of projected as like a middle-round guy. So you're thinking like, you know, fourth round, fifth round, maybe sixth round. Uh, Trevor Wong wasn't drafted. He just dropped completely out of it, which a lot of people were kind of caught by surprise by that. He got an offer to come to Florida's development camp and accepted it after going undrafted. And, you know, we'll see what happens last year, last year in the WHL, 16 points in 16 games, you know, point per game. Can't really ask better of that. A smaller kid, though, 5'9", 155, very small, more that 155. Like, he's got to put on some weight if he's going to be able to hang with uh, with a lot of these adults. But let's see first off, because, again, comes in undrafted, unsigned. Can he earn himself, you know, perhaps the eye of Bill Zito and his staff? 
you know, that's what we'll have to wait and see as, as camp goes on and as he develops. But uh, definitely somebody who like I, I, my eyebrows raised in a good way when I saw that he accepted Florida's invitation because as somebody who was, you know, a prospect that was uh, talked about a decent amount over the summer, um, maybe the Panthers got lucky here that he kind of slipped through the cracks and, and they may have something with Trevor Wong. Um, he's more of a natural center. He did get some time at wing last year in the WHL, but um, he's a Panthers type of guy, right? He He's known to go into the dirty areas of the ice. He plays a strong two-way game, um, you know, a little elbow grease and all that stuff. So yeah, Trevor Wong's another one to keep an eye on. Uh, a defenseman, Max Gildon. 2017 third round pick he's been around the panther the panthers you know sphere for a while now you know this is going to be a second pro season uh he played last year on loan with bakersfield of the hl he wasn't in uh syracuse where the panthers were sharing with uh, tampa but uh in 32 games with bakersfield he had 19 points extremely solid defensive numbers good size for gildon six foot three 194 and he plays a physical game which you like from somebody with that size that can still pitch in offensively. Uh, I think he had uh, 27 penalty minutes last season. Uh, it kind of matches the way he played uh, in college when he was at the University of North uh, New Hampshire, excuse me. And, you know, just, so- again, solid offensive skills for Gildon. He can get the puck to the net, which is, you know, obviously a nice skill that you like to see. And uh, good vision, both in his end and in the offensive zone. Just a good all-around defenseman, really. And so we're hoping to see if this third-round pick is developed into something, whether it's an AHL guy, a fringe uh, defensive call-up for the Panthers. You know, we'll see. Another guy that, like Gildon, will be, should hopefully be in that consideration, same consideration, is John Ludwig. Um, a third-round pick from 2019, also in his second pro season. Uh, he played with Syracuse last year in the AHL. Um Prior to his draft year, so like, you know, 2017, 2018, Ludwig was more known as a tough defensive defenseman. And then in his draft year uh, for for Portland in the WHL, he just exploded and had 62 points in 60 games after having just 25 points in his previous 109 games. So obviously, like, holy crap, where did this come from? Is this sustainable? You know, those were a lot of the questions that were asked of Ludwig after his draft. Um, So last year with Syracuse, Eight points in 13 games, which kind of indicates that that offensive improvement he showed in at the end of his WHL career may have been a sign of things to come. That's certainly something that we'll be keeping an eye on moving forward with Ludwig. Um, but again, just between the, you know the two guys that I just mentioned, whether it's Gildon or Ludwig, you see that the Panthers have uh, what what looks like the making of a strong defensive pipeline behind the guys coming up in the NHL right now. Um, Another one, Evan Noss, second round pick from this season. Okay, obviously taken with a second round pick, you're going to be given some opportunity. Now, where he ends up this year, does he go back to the QMJHL? Um, probably. You know, no reason to burn a year of eligibility. Let him go develop some more. He's still just 18 years old. Um, good size, 6'2", 185. He's a mobile defenseman. Uh, he's definitely got a reputation as being an excellent skater which you love to hear about a defenseman. And, and again, what you, what you heard me say earlier uh, about some a couple of the other guys is that he uses his size to his advantage, 6'2". Uh, only 185, though, 18 years old. You better believe that that number is going to go up. He'll probably end up 200-plus uh, with his size once he's full-grown. Um, but to have the kind of body control he has at his age kind of leads you to think that it's something that's going to continue to develop with his body as he gets older. He's got great ice vision, 
and knows where everybody is on the ice. You, you hear a lot of these same attributes coming from a few of these different Panther guys, and, and it kind of gives you a glimpse into uh, what what they're looking for in terms of the Panthers, uh, scouts, front office, uh, and, and you've kind of seen it since Zito's been here, whether it's been at the NHL level, uh, minor leagues, guys that they've drafted, a lot of the same attributes. And, and, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You know, they've only had one year, but hell of a year. So, yeah, excited. Um, he had a solid rookie season in the QMJHL last year uh, with Quebec of the QMJHL. 22 points, 32 penalty minutes in 32 games. Really good defensive stats. So, you know, hopefully more to come as he goes back for another year. Um, okay, and and I guess that concludes that tier of players. And then the guys who I'm just kind of genuinely curious to see uh, at development camp. I mean, first we'll talk about Justin Sourdiff, all right? Uh, third round pick last year, the third pick that Bill Zito made as GM. Uh, a smaller guy, 5'11", 183, but again, still some growing to do, obviously. Um, his points per game have gone up in each of the past three seasons in the WHL, which is the kind of progress that you want to see. Uh, he was 0.7 points per game in 18-19. Then last, uh, two years ago, he went up to almost a point per game, 0.9. That was 2019-20 uh, when he had 54 points in 57 games. And then uh, this past season, Sourdiff really kind of took that big step forward. 34 points in 22 games last season for Vancouver, the WHL. Um, which just kind of shows you. He goes from 0.7 to 0.9 to 1.5. He's growing into himself and his game. And and with Sourdiff, this is a two-way guy, uh, very much so. He plays all special teams, whether it's power play or penalty kill, and takes pride in that. So has the making of somebody who, you know, would be a part of this team. Not the biggest guy, not necessarily going to hold him back, but... um, excited to see uh to see him continue to develop another guy who i'm not super familiar with if i'm being honest is a simon pinard uh an undrafted camp invite not that dissimilar from trevor wong we spoke about earlier um you know again kind of similar in the in the smaller size 510 172 you know it'll grow uh he's played three years in the qmjhl and 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 like soured if we were just talking about pinard uh, his points per game have gone up in each of the past three seasons. Uh, his rookie year in the Q, yeah, you know, 28 points in 65 games, so just 0.4 points per game in 2018-19. And then that doubled uh, in 2019-20 to 0.8 points per game when he got 47 points in 58 games. And then last year, again, it's kind of similar to Justin Sourdiff. Uh, Pinard had 29 points in 24 games in the shortened year. Um so 1.2 points per game. Uh, again, that's just the kind of progress you want to see, and you're going to hope to see that continue. Uh, another above-average skater, not afraid to get into the dirty areas, can get behind the defense, gets a lot of breakaways. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of these kids, you, you just kind of hope to see them continue on that path. This is going to be one of these highly competitive camps. you know. I, and a lot of these players, they've been going to different camps uh, showcases throughout their young career, so it's nothing crazy. But this is the NHL. This is where they're going to be putting on the NHL logo, the Florida Panthers sweater, going at an NHL facility. I'm excited for them. Uh, and so, yeah, the last guy I'm going to bring up, defenseman Brandon Haish, seventh-round pick from this past season. He's only got 29 games of OHL experience, and they came two seasons ago because there was no OHL season last year. Um, you know, for what it's worth, he had... Five points in 29 games for the Kingston Frontenac to the OHL. 
Um, 18 years old, but good size, 6'3", 201. Uh, it's a really good attitude on this kid. Um, and again, you know, somebody that young that just got drafted, seventh round pick, you know, it's the end of the draft. Here he's coming to a development camp. Is it going to be too big for him? Hopefully not. Probably not. Anxious to see. Okay, so I think I've kind of touched on, you know, everything that I wanted to get through today. I hopefully, you know, provided a little bit of insight and gave you guys a little bit, um, you know, of a guide of what to keep an eye out for at the development camp. And then remember, once the camp ends, uh, the prospect showcase tournament, uh, that's going to be taking place a few days after in a suburb of Tampa. And that that's going to be over on September 21st, uh, which is, you know, just a couple weeks away. The Panthers' first preseason game is September 26th, just five days later. So training camp is probably going to start somewhere around, again, if I had to guess, the 20, 23rd maybe, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, somewhere in there. Because you're going to give them a few days to get acclimated before that split squad doubleheader preseason opener on uh, September 26th against Nashville. So things are going to start happening fast, hockey fans. Buckle up. We're going to be really hitting the ground running, just development camp, tournament, training camp, preseason, and then here we go. Uh, The season, which, I mean, really, maybe the most expectation heading into a Panthers season, I mean, at least least since 1997 when they were the defending Eastern Conference champions and brought back really much of the same roster. So expectations were probably fairly high that season. And then all they did that season is start the year 8-0-4, 12 game unbeaten streak so i'd say this is the first time since then which you know is only 24 years ago for crying out loud um so yeah excitement building energy high expectations huge can they do it yes you know we'll see obviously but i mean they were hungry last year they put in a ton of work last year and now they're even hungrier, which is just so cool. Because last year it was like the culture is changing and you're really seeing it in the behind the scenes and filtering onto the ice. And to kind of see them build on that, I don't know. I'm just so freaking excited for this. So, yeah. All right. That's it. I'm done. You've had enough of me. The preview is over. Now they can go hit the ice. And, and as I said, I don't know about you guys, but I'm so pumped to be getting back to hockey. And, and I'm really, really pumped to see these young guys. Uh, and hopefully track their progress, you know, for the years to come. So yeah, anyway, that's going to be it. I'm going to wrap up the podcast with those thoughts. I hope you, uh, hope you got something out of it. As I said, uh, please, please be sure to check out all my other Panthers coverage, whether it's on local10.com or you can download the local 10 app. All my written work will be there. You can follow me on Twitter at David Dwork for daily coverage of the cats and other fun stuff that Twitter brings to the table. Thank you to everyone for listening to this latest episode of the Chirping the Cats podcast. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and leave a good rating. Tell your friends, you know, we're, we're all just big Panther fans having some fun, right? So <laughs> until next time, everybody, please, please take care of yourselves, stay safe, be kind, and, and of course, stay cool. <laughs>